Chapter Twenty Six of Principles of Geology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Principles of Geology by Charles Lyell. Chapter Twenty Six, Part Three. Canary Islands. Eruption in Lancerote. 1730 to 1736 the effects of an eruption which happened in lancerote one of the canary islands between the years 1730 and 1736 were very remarkable and a detailed description has been published by von buch who had an opportunity when he visited that island in 1815 of comparing the accounts transmitted to us of the event with the present state and geological appearances of the country on the first of september seventeen thirty the earth split open on a sudden two leagues from yara in one night a considerable hill of ejected matter was thrown up and a few days later another vent opened and gave out a lava stream which overran chininfea and other villages it flowed first rapidly like water but became afterwards heavy and slow like honey on the seventh of september an immense rock was protruded from the bottom of the lava with a noise like thunder and the stream was forced to change its course from north to northwest so that st catalina and other villages were overflowed whether this mass was protruded by an earthquake or was a mass of ancient lava blown up like that before mentioned in seventeen eighty three in iceland is not explained on the eleventh of september more lava flowed out and covered the village of masso entirely and for the space of eight days precipitated itself with a horrible roar into the sea dead fish floated on the waters in indescribable multitudes or were thrown dying on the shore after a brief interval of repose three new openings broke forth immediately from the site of the consumed st catalina and sent out an enormous quantity of lapilli sand and ashes on the twenty eighth of october the cattle throughout the whole country dropped lifeless to the ground suffocated by putrid vapours which condensed and fell down in drops on the first of december a lava stream reached the sea and formed an island round which dead fish were strewed number of cones thrown up it is unnecessary here to give the details of the overwhelming of other places by fiery torrents or of a storm which was equally new and terrifying to the inhabitants as they had never known one in their country before on the tenth of january seventeen thirty one a high hill was thrown up which on the same day precipitated itself back again into its own crater fiery brooks of lava flowed from it to the sea on the third of february a new cone arose others were thrown up in march and poured forth lava streams numerous other volcanic cones were subsequently formed in succession till at last their number amounted to about thirty in june seventeen thirty one 
during a renewal of the eruptions all the banks and shores in the western part of the island were covered with dying fish of different species some of which had never before been seen smoke and flame arose from the sea with loud detonations these dreadful commotions lasted without interruption for five successive years so that a great emigration of the inhabitants became necessary their linear direction as to the height of the new cones von buch was assured that the formerly great and flourishing st catalina lay buried under hills four hundred feet in height and he observes that the most elevated cone of the series rose six hundred feet above its base and thirteen hundred and seventy-eight feet above the sea and that several others were nearly as high the new vents were all arranged in one line about two geographical miles long and in a direction nearly east and west if we admit the probability of von buch's conjecture that these vents opened along the line of a cleft it seems necessary to suppose that this subterranean fissure was only prolonged upwards to the surface by degrees and that the rent was narrow at first as is usually the case with fissures caused by earthquakes lava and elastic fluids might escape from some point on the rent where there was least resistance till the first aperture becoming obstructed by ejections and the consolidation of lava other orifices burst open in succession along the line of the original fissure von buch found that each crater was lowest on that side on which lava had issued but some craters were not breached and were without any lava streams in one of these were open fissures out of which hot vapors rose which in eighteen fifteen raised the thermometer to one hundred forty five degrees fahrenheit and was probably at the boiling point lower down the exhalations seemed to consist of aqueous vapor yet they could not be pure steam for the crevices were encrusted on either side by siliceous sinter an opal-like hydrate of silica of a white color which extended almost to the middle this important fact attests the length of time during which chemical processes continue after eruptions and how open fissures may be filled up laterally by mineral matter sublimed from volcanic exhalations the lavas of this eruption covered nearly a third of the whole island often forming on slightly inclined planes great horizontal sheets several square leagues in area resembling very much the basaltic platforms of auvergne pretended distinction between ancient and modern lavas one of the new lavas was observed to contain masses of olivine of an olive-green color resembling those which occur in one of the lavas of the vivarais von buch supposes the great crystals of olivine to have been derived from a previously existing basalt melted up by the new volcanoes but we have scarcely sufficient data to bear out such a conjecture the older rocks of the island consist in a great measure of that kind of basaltic lava called dolerite sometimes columnar 
and partly of common basalt and amygdaloid some recent lavas assumed on entering the sea a prismatic form and so much resembled the older lavas of the canaries that the only geological distinction which von buch appears to have been able to draw between them was that they did not alternate with conglomerates like the ancient basalts some modern writers have endeavoured to discover in the abundance of these conglomerates a proof of the dissimilarity of the volcanic action in ancient and modern times but this character is more probably attributable to the difference between submarine operations and those on the land all the blocks and imperfectly rounded fragments of lava transported during the intervals of eruption by rivers and torrents into the adjoining sea or torn by the continued action of the waves from cliffs which are undermined must accumulate in stratified breccias and conglomerates and be covered again and again by other lavas this is now taking place on the shores of sicily between catania and treza where the sea breaks down and covers the shore with blocks and pebbles of the modern lavas of etna and on parts of the coast of ischia where numerous currents of trachyte are in like manner undermined in lofty precipices so often then as an island is raised in a volcanic archipelago by earthquakes from the deep the fundamental and relatively to all above the oldest lava will often be distinguishable from those formed by subsequent eruptions on dry land by their alternation with beds of sandstone and fragmentary rocks the supposed want of identity then between the volcanic phenomena of different epochs resolves itself partly at least into the marked difference between the operations simultaneously in progress above and below the waters such indeed is the source as was stated in the first book chapter five of many of our strongest theoretical prejudices in geology no sooner do we study and endeavour to explain submarine appearances than we feel to use a common expression out of our element and unwilling to concede that our extreme ignorance of processes now continually going on can be the cause of our perplexity we take refuge in a pre-existent order of nature and unwilling to concede that our extreme ignorance of processes now continually going on can be the cause of our perplexity we take refuge in a pre-existent order of nature recent formation of oolitic travertine in lancerote throughout a considerable part of lancerote the old lavas are covered by a thin stratum of limestone from an inch to two inches in thickness it is of a hard stalactitic nature sometimes oolitic like the jura limestone and contains fragments of lava and terrestrial shells chiefly helices and spiral bulimi it sometimes rises to the height of eight hundred feet above the level of the sea von buch imagines that this remarkable superstratum has been produced by the furious northwest storms which in winter drive the spray of the sea in clouds over the whole island 
from whence calcareous particles may be deposited stalactitically mr darwin informs me that he found a limestone in st helena the harder parts of which correspond precisely to the stone of lancerote he attributes the origin of this rock in st helena not to the spray of the sea but to drifting by violent winds of the finer particles of shells from the sea beach some parts of this drift are subsequently dissolved by atmospheric moisture and redeposited so as to convert calcareous sand into oolite recent eruption in lancerote from the year seventeen thirty six to eighteen fifteen when von buch visited lancerote there had been no eruption but in august eighteen twenty four a crater opened near the port of recife and formed by its ejections in the space of twenty-four hours a considerable hill violent earthquakes preceded and accompanied this eruption tenerife the peak of tenerife is about twelve thousand feet high and stands says von buch like a tower encircled by its fossa and bastion the bastion consists like the semicircular escarpment of soma turned towards vesuvius of precipitous cliffs composed of trachyte basalt coarse conglomerates and tufts traversed by volcanic dikes mostly vertical and of basalt these cliffs vary in height from one thousand to eighteen hundred feet and are supposed by von buch to have been heaved up into their present position by a force exerted from below in accordance with the theory proposed by the same author for the origin of the cones of vesuvius and etna according to the observations of m de ville in eighteen thirty nine the trachytes are often granitoid in their aspect and contain instead of glossy feldspar the allied mineral called oligoclase which had been previously considered as characteristic of more ancient igneous rocks the same traveller supposes although he found no limestone or trace of fossils in any of the rocks of tenerife that the alternating trachytes and trachytic conglomerates originated beneath the sea if this opinion be correct and it is at least very probable geologists may still speculate on two modes in which the mass of the island acquired its present form and elevation above the sea first the advocates of von buch's crater of elevation hypothesis may imagine that a succession of horizontally superimposed beds were upheaved by a sudden movement and tilted so as to dip in all directions outwards from the centre of a new dome-shaped eminence in the middle of which a large opening or bowl-shaped cavity was produced secondly or according to the theory which to me appears preferable a submarine hill in the form of a flattened dome may have gradually accumulated partly below the waters and partly above by the continued outpourings of sheets of lava and the ejection of ashes from a central orifice in this case the dikes would represent the fissures which were filled during successive eruptions and the original inclination of the beds 
may have been increased by the distension and upheaval of the mass during reiterated convulsions acting most forcibly at or near the channel of discharge which would become partially sealed up with lava from time to time and then be burst open again during eruptions at length the whole island may have been raised bodily out of the sea by a gradual upward movement whatever theory we adopt we must always explain the abrupt termination of the dikes and layers of trachyte and basalt in the steep walls of the escarpments surrounding the great crater by supposing the removal of part of the materials once prolonged farther inwards towards the centre if according to the elevation crater hypothesis a series of sheets of lava and ashes originally spread over a level and even surface have been violently broken and uplifted why do not the opposite walls of the chasm correspond in such a manner as to imply by their present outline that they were formerly united it is evident that the precipices on opposite sides of the crateriform hollow would not fit if brought together there being no projecting masses in one wall to enter into indentations in the other as would happen with the sides of many mineral veins trap dikes and faults could we extract the intrusive manner now separating them and reunite the rocks which have been fractured and disjoined the highest crater of the peak has merely disengaged sulphureous vapors ever since it has been known to europeans but an eruption happened in june seventeen ninety eight not far from the summit and others are recorded which poured out streams of lava from great heights besides many which have broken out nearer the level of the sea all these however seem to be dependent on one great centre of eruption or on that open channel communicating between the interior of the earth and the atmosphere which terminates in the highest crater of the peak we may consider teneriffe then as having been from a remote period the principal and habitual vent of the volcanic archipelago of the canaries the discharges which have taken place in the contiguous isles of palma lancerote and the rest may be of a subsidiary kind and have probably been most frequent and violent when the greater crater has been partially sealed up just as the violent eruptions of ischia or that of mont nuovo coincided with the dormant state of vesuvius End of chapter 26, part 3